What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian MMA Podcast. I am your host, and my name is John. And this week, we are back to analyze the UFC fight night going down tomorrow night, headlined by Cyril Gain versus Alexander Volkov. This 13-fight car will take place from the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada, which means it will take place in the small UFC cage. And just a quick recap of last week's event, it was a pretty bad week of predictions and bets. I only predicted 3 out of 12 fights correctly on the podcast and lost 3.2 units on official track bets. So we were on a really good streak of events, but we did kind of break that streak with that bad event last week. But no big deal, we're moving on to this week. We got some more good fights going on and I'll probably have some bets tracked in the next 24 hours that you guys can tail as well. So with that being said, we're going to get right into the first fight on the card, which takes place in the lightweight division. We have... Demir Hadzovic as the minus 145 favorite taking on Yancey Medeiros as the plus 125 underdog. This fight was supposed to happen about a month back and I didn't analyze it on the podcast and I pick Hadzovic and I'm still going to be picking Hadzovic to win the fight although I'm not very confident in either guy. Neither guy is super reliable and both guys haven't won a fight in a very long time. Medeiros hasn't won a fight in about three and a half years so that's definitely a huge concern over him. The striking between these two should be pretty competitive, but I do slightly give an advantage to Hazovic. I just think he has the better boxing and the more consistent offense of the two. And in the grappling, neither guy is a great grappler, but I would say that Medeiros is probably the better of the two. Hazovic has real issues getting taken down and stuck on his back and has lost most of his fight suit in getting out grappled. So if Medeiros comes in with the right game plan to try to get the fight to the floor, he might have a grappling advantage over Hazovic and might be able to exploit Hazovic's bad defensive grappling. But Medeiros isn't much of an offensive wrestler. He doesn't have a reliable way to get the fight to the floor, so I can't really rely on that. I guess my pick in this one is going to be Hadzovic by decision, but I could see a finish on either side happening, to be honest. If it does go to the cards, I do favor the output and activity of Hadzovic a little bit more, but this really is a competitive fight. I wouldn't bet on Hadzovic as a favorite, and I'm not really too appealed by Yancy Medeiros' price either, so this is a pass all around for me. No real bets in this fight that I see value on, but the pick is Hadzovic by decision. The next fight takes place in the featherweight division. We have Charles Rosa as the minus 170 favorite taking on Justin James as the plus 145 underdog. Right off the bat, I don't think that Charles Rosa should be a minus 170 favorite to any UFC fighter at this point in his career. I mean, he was just minus 170 to Derek Minner and he lost just about every single second of that fight. And Charles Rosa overall has just looked really bad since he came off that long layoff. He did get that one split decision win over Kevin Aguilar, but Aguilar is not a great fighter. And even though Justin James isn't a great fighter either, and I don't really have much faith in Justin James, he tends to pretty steadily slow down after round one and just typically comes at his opponents really aggressive trying to finish them in round one. And if he can't get that finish, he kind of runs out of ideas. But even with all those weaknesses around Justin James, I still feel like he is the betting side here. Just because he's plus 145, I think there is value. I do not trust Charles Rosa at minus 170. I think at best you could give Charles Rosa maybe minus 130 here. So I agree with Rosa being the slight favorite because he does have the better cardio, the more relevant experience of the two. And the fight probably does slightly favor Charles Rosa in rounds two and three. But I think James is going to come out aggressive. I think he might even hurt Charles Rosa in the first minute of the fight and or in the first round of the fight excuse me and I think that Justin James is going to be my pick here I'm not exactly sure how he's going to get the fight done he could finish it in round one or he might somehow get it done in the later rounds or win a decision but the value is on Justin James and I cannot pick Charles Rosa as a minus 170 favorite here so the pick for me is going to be Justin James uh, let's go with by decision the next fight takes place in the women's bantamweight division we have Julia Avila as the minus 350 favorite taking on Julia Stolyarenko as the plus 275 underdog 
I do agree with Avila being a pretty hefty favorite here, but where it's at now, I don't think there's any value left on Avila. I wouldn't recommend throwing her in parlays or betting her straight or anything like that, because if she does get put on her back at any time during this fight, she does not likely look like a minus 350 favorite because she doesn't do well off of her back. She struggles getting up. We saw that in her most recent fight against Sajara Eubanks. Now, Stolyarenko isn't that good of a grappler. She doesn't have reliable wrestling in top position like Eubanks does. But still, if the fight ends up on the floor and Avila's on bottom, she's not going to be looking like a minus 350 favorite. When the fight is on the feet and they are striking with one another, I do expect Avila to be outboxing Stolyarenko pretty easily because Stolyarenko just eats punches. She doesn't have much defense. She's a very durable lady, but she does kind of eat punches without any defense. So I think that Avila is going to be landing pretty clean. And Avila actually has some pretty good power behind her punches. So I don't mind a stab on the Avila knockout prop of plus 340. That's actually the only track bet I have so far is a small stab on that plus 340 Avila knockout. And that's going to be my official pick. I think that Avila will win the striking pretty hefty, uh, heavily here. And I don't think that Stoilermanko has a good shot, shot to get the fight to the floor. So the pick for me is going to be Avila to outstrike to either a wide decision or a knockout. And the pick for me is going to be, let's go with uh, Avila knockout round two. The next fight takes place in the light heavyweight division. We have Marcin Prachnio as the minus 185 favorite, taking on Ike Villanueva as the plus 160 underdog. I think this line is about right. Prochnio does deserve to be the slight favorite here, and this should be a competitive striking fight between these two, but the main difference I see between them is Villanueva pretty much strictly boxes. He does not throw kicks, knees, elbows. He does not offensively grapple. All he does is box, and he does do a good job of mixing it up to the body and the head, but... In the year 2021, you got to have more than one offensive tool in your entire MMA repertoire. So that's a big problem from Villanueva. He also is probably going to be at a bit of a size and reach disadvantage here. So I think Prochnio is going to have good success outstriking him from the outside with his longer limbs, with those kicks and body kicks that he was spamming against Khalil Roundtree. And that's just the difference I see in this fight is that, that Prochnio is going to be throwing kicks, knees, elbows. He's going to be mixing up the looks and... Villanueva is just going to be trying to box. He, he needs to get inside on Prochnio to box with him. So if Prochnio can keep that distance, can keep that kicking range, then he should win the fight. And I do favor Prochnio to probably win a decision here by just outstriking Villanueva. So I like the fight goes to decision at plus 150. I think that's pretty good odds for this fight. And in terms of money line value for this one, I'm not seeing much value on either side, but I guess I'll slightly lean with the underdog here in Villanueva in terms of value, just because I'm not quite willing to trust Prochnio with that minus 185 price tag. So dogger pass and money line, but the pick for me is going to be Prochnio decision. And the only bet I see with a good amount of value here is the fight goes to decision. The next fight takes place in the welterweight division. We have Warley Alves as the minus 232 favorite, taking on Jeremiah Wells as the plus 197 underdog. I think this line is pretty accurate where it's at, and Jeremiah Wells is making his UFC debut here. He's fighting out of a good gym in Philadelphia, probably the best MMA gym in Philadelphia, EEFC, but he hasn't fought in about a year and a half. And when I was watching some of Wells' most recent fights, I honestly was not that impressed. In the striking, I think he has pretty low volume striking, not really a consistent high output, but he does have some power in his punches, has knocked some opponents out. And in the grappling, I have seen Wells hit takedowns and stay in top position. He does look like a semi-capable grappler, but I just haven't seen anything too impressive from him in any aspect of MMA. He has beaten some okay competition, but 
I do think this is going to be the toughest test of his career by a good margin, and he's probably going to struggle in the fight in round one especially because Warley Alves comes out very aggressive in round one in almost all of his fights, and with Wells coming off that long layoff, he might start a little bit slow, and he's really got to watch out because Alves is aggressive with his striking, his grappling. He really can do it all in round one, but he does pretty consistently slow down after round one as well. So if Jeremiah Wells can withstand that round one storm from Alves and make it into rounds two and three his chances get a lot better to win the fight so if you're looking to bet Jeremiah Wells here I would recommend likely passing on his pre-fight money line and looking to live bet him after about three to five minutes of this fight if he is surviving and he's doing well with the pressure of Alves in round one then he's probably gonna do well in the second half of the fight so in terms of an official prediction for this one I'm not extremely confident in my official pick but I'm gonna go with Barley Alves by decision I think he's going to win round one, probably has enough left in the tank to win rounds two, but he's going to slow down in round three, but a lot of outcomes are on the table here. I could see Alves finishing early, I could see Wales finishing late, so not an extremely confident pick, but I'm going to go with Alves by decision here, and once again, look to lie bet Jeremiah Wells after the first round. The next fight takes place in the welterweight division. We have Shavkat Rachmanov as the minus 305 favorite, taking on Misha Prezeris as the plus 245 underdog. Prior to Shavkat's UFC debut, I had some questions about him. I wasn't too impressed by what I saw on his regional tape. I saw him drop by some opponents. I saw him get taken down and held down. But I will say that Shavkat does look like a good athlete. He does look like a solid striker. I do think the guy is decent everywhere. I'm just not sure he's really great in any aspect of MMA. And I definitely don't think he deserves to be minus 300 over the veteran Michel Prezeris. Now, there are some real concerns over Prezeris. He is 40 years old at this point. He is coming off a two-year layoff. He's coming off of a loss, and he's coming off a USADA suspension. So there are a lot of red flags around Prezeris, but the guy was on an eight-fight win streak before that. He is a career lightweight. He doesn't really belong in this welterweight division, but I don't think you can be writing the guy off yet. I think he's still a skilled fighter. He's got power in his hands. He can hit good offensive takedowns, and I think that the offensive grappling is probably going to be his best path to victory here because... I do think the height and reach disadvantage will be too much for Prezeris on the feet. Shavkat probably does have the striking advantage at this stage of their career. But if Prezeris can get his offensive grappling going, if he can get on top and start working his top game, his top pressure, and his submissions, I think there's a good chance that he could win minutes, he could win rounds, and he could possibly even steal the fight away from Shavkat here. I think this fight just has a lot of recency bias going into the line. Shavkat just finished Cowboy Oliveira, which I don't put a whole lot of stock in because Oliveira is pretty shot at this stage of his career. And Shavkat didn't even look that great in that fight. And Prezeris is coming off that long layoff. People kind of forgot who he is. But at one point in time, Prezeris was a really good fighter, probably a top 15 uh, caliber fighter. And I don't think that after one loss and after a long layoff, you should be writing the guy off as a plus 250 underdog against a semi-unproven guy in Shavkat. So I'm not quite willing to trust Shavkat at minus 300 yet. I think he should be about minus 200 at best here. So I guess I have to put some money on Prezeris as a, a value play here. I'm not extremely confident that Prezeris is going to win the fight. But like I said, I just think this line has a lot of recency bias going into it i think people are writing preseris off too soon they're jumping on the shavkat hype train a bit too soon so the values on preseris here i guess my official prediction will be shavkat to win by knockout or decision i think the knockout on the feet for shavkat is probably the best shot with the huge size advantage i mean we're going to be looking at six or seven inches height differential between these two so Shavkat could get a quick knockout here and could prove me wrong that there's value on Prezeris, but if the fight gets into the full 15 minutes, if we get to see these two grapple, I think Prezeris is going to look live. So the pick for me, let's go with uh, Shavkat knockout or decision, but I'm cheering for Prezeris here.
The next fight takes place in the light heavyweight division. We have Kennedy and Zeshiku as the minus 125 favorite, taking on Danilo Marks as the plus 105 underdog. Personally, I think this line should be flipped. I think Marks should be the favorite here, and I'm just waiting to lock in a bet on Marks' money line. First off, I gotta give credit to Kennedy and Zedshiku for his last performance. He was kind of a meme before that fight, had some bad losses, had some goofy fights throughout his UFC career, but that was a really good back and forth fight. He ate a lot of damage early on from Olberg, but just continued to fight back, continued to pressure and throw straight punches, and was able to finally knock out Olberg with a nasty right hook there, so... That was a great comeback win for Kennedy there, but it doesn't really mean all that much for this matchup because it didn't really have any grappling in it, and Marks is definitely going to be looking to get the fight to the floor. Marks isn't a terrible striker, but I do think he's going to be outmatched on the feet here. Kennedy should have a pretty good striking advantage of the two, but if Marks can get this fight to the floor, I think he's going to have a massive advantage down there because the guy is pretty consistent wrestling. He's got a good top game. He can pass guard. He can leg lace. He can take your back and choke you out like he just did to Mike Rodriguez. So I think that I like the grappling upside of Danilo Marks in this fight. I think that he's going to lose the striking, but he's going to realize that pretty soon. He's going to come in with the right game plan, and he's going to look to take Kennedy and Zetshiku down. And Zetshiku hasn't looked too good on the ground. He got taken out by Darko Stoschik a few times, but he did pop right back up. And of course, he did lose the fight to Paul Gregg by getting submitted in the last minute of that fight. Also struggled a lot with the grappling in that one. So I just don't think that Kennedy is that good of a grappler. And I think that Danilo Marquez is going to take him down and outgrapple him to either a submission or a decision win. So the pick for me here is going to be Danilo by... Uh, decision I guess submission or decision as I mentioned both those outcomes are on the table but I would just take Danilo Mark's money line I like him as the underdog here and I'm picking him to win the fight the next fight takes place in the lightweight division we have Hanato Moicano as the minus 230 favorite taking on Jai Herbert as the plus 195 underdog I think this line is about right. Honestly, I could even see Moicano being a bigger favorite here because I just don't really give Herbert any advantages here. I think Herbert has his best chance to win the fight in the striking, but even when the fight is in the striking, I do favor Moicano there. He is a very clever fighter, really good striker, kind of an underrated striker, honestly. And the biggest disparity between these two is going to be in the grappling. Moiscano is a much, much better grappler than Jai Herbert. Herbert has some pretty bad defensive grappling from what I've seen on tape. We saw it in the Trinaldo fight in round one. And if Moicano comes in here with a grappling-heavy game plan, I think he's going to hit easy takedowns. And one takedown could be the entire round. It could be the entire fight. I think Moicano has a really good chance to finish the fight when it's on the floor. And that's going to be my official prediction. It's going to be Hanato Moicano by uh, submission. I think that Herbert's really only chance to win the fight is by striking knockout. I don't think he's going to win minutes on the feet. I don't think he has a chance to win rounds. And he certainly doesn't have a chance to outgrapple Hanato Moicano here. So I think Moicano should be pretty comfortable everywhere here. And if he gets the fight to the floor, he's going to look like a massive favorite and should get the finish. So the pick for me is going to be Moicano by submission in round one. The next fight takes place in the welterweight division. We have Tim Means as the minus 132 favorite, taking on Nicholas Dalby as the plus 112 underdog. I think that Tim Means actually deserves to be a bit more of a favorite here. He's currently minus 130. I think minus 150 would be the minimum I put him at here, 60%, because Tim Means is a great southball striker. He's got really good boxing. He throws really good kicks as well, really underrated kicker, and he's a good grappler. He can stop takedowns. He can hit takedowns. He can get some chokes on his opponents as well. He can really do it all. I really like Tim Means. He's one of my favorite fighters, and I like Nicholas Dalby a lot as well, but the guy has notoriously struggled with southpaws. He has a terrible record fighting southpaws, and his last fight was his first time ever beating a southpaw, and 
uh, Daniel Rodriguez. But even that fight was very close. A lot of people scored that fight for Daniel Rodriguez. It was a very 50-50 striking type of fight. And even in that fight, Rodriguez landed like 20 or 30 more strikes than Dalby did. And I think that's what we're going to see here. We're going to see Tim Means outstriking, landing the more consistent offense with a higher output in the striking. And Dalby might be landing some kicks from the outside, might be landing the occasional good strike. But means is going to have the much more consistent and effective offense when the fight is in the striking so if Dalby wants to win the fight he's probably going to have to mix in his offensive takedowns and out grapple to means but I don't even think that Dalby is that great of a grappler so I don't rate his chances of getting that grappling game plan going uh, too high and I just don't like Nicholas Dalby's chances to win this fight I think that Tim Means should be minus 150, minus 170 here, and I think he's going to outstrike Nicholas Dalby to either a decision or a knockout. So the pick for me is going to be Tim Means by decision, let's go with, and I am looking to lock in a bet on Tim Means, just waiting to see where the line goes. I think anything under minus 150 is worth a bet, so the pick is going to be, once again, Tim Means by decision. The next fight takes place in the featherweight division. We have Andre Feely as the minus 215 favorite, taking on Daniel Pineda as the plus 185 underdog. In terms of pre-fight money line, I do think this is probably dog or pass because if you want to bet Andre Feely, I think you'll have a better opportunity to live bet him here because Pineda comes out very hard in round one. He slows down pretty consistently in all of his fights. I mean, the guy has never won a decision victory in over 40 MMA fights, which is a pretty crazy statistic. So... Pineda is going to start fast. He might have some early success here, but I do expect Feely to take over the fight in rounds two and three because I do think that Feely is the better fighter. I think he's the better striker and grappler. I really think he's better everywhere, and I think that Pineda is going to compete for a little bit for the first five or seven minutes while he has his gas, but after the five or seven minute mark, he's going to start to slow down like he typically does. Feely is going to start to make more reads, make adjustments, and start winning the fight as the fight goes on. So, I don't have too much of an original opinion here. This is kind of the general consensus for how this fight's going to go. Pineda will start strong, compete for a little bit, but then start to slow down, and Feely's going to take over. So pre-fight money line value is on Pineda here, and look to live bet Andre Feely after the first round. I think that Feely's going to take over in rounds two and three. Might even find a late finish, but I'm going to go with the decision victory as the official pick. Feely wins by 29-28 decision. The next fight takes place in the Bantamweight division. We have Hayoni Barcelos as the minus 225 favorite, taking on Timur Valiev as the plus 190 underdog. This is a really good matchup between two up-and-coming prospects. I do think that Hayoni is the more promising of the two. That's why you see him as the minus 200 favorite here. And I think it's pretty justified, honestly, because I do give him advantages everywhere here. I think he is the better striker of the two. And in the striking, I expect him to be landing the more head strikes. That's a big difference in this fight is the teamer is a good kicker. He likes staying on the outside, landing his kicks. But when it comes to landing head strikes, throwing consistent punches to the head, he doesn't really do a good job of that. While Hayoni does, he has a very high output. He landed a lot of strikes in his most recent fight against Khalid Taha. And Barcelos can do it all. He can hit takedowns. He can stay on top. He has really good ground and pound from top. And he can submit you from top position as well. So... I just think he's a little more damaging of a fighter. I think he looks to hurt his opponents more. I think he looks to finish his opponents better. And he has better finishing instinct. While Valiev isn't really the strongest fighter, doesn't have the best finishing instincts. We saw that very evident in the Jones fight where he had Jones very hurt, but was swarming him with strikes and was still unable to finish him. I think that kind of proves that Valiev isn't that great of a finisher. 
Even when he has opponents very hurt, he wasn't able to finish them. And then in the Martin Day fight, he outgrappled Martin Day, had him on the ground for the entire fight, but still wasn't able to finish Day on the ground. And Day is a really bad grappler. And personally, I think it was kind of embarrassing that Valiev wasn't able to finish Martin Day in that fight. I mean, Heoni Barcelos probably would have finished him in about two or three minutes. So I just see a big difference between these guys in the amount of damage they do. And one is looking to hurt their opponent and finish their opponent. Valiev is kind of looking to kick from the outside, looking to stuff takedowns, looking to maybe grapple a little bit. He just doesn't fight with the same intensity that Hayuni Barcelos does. As I mentioned earlier, I do give Barcelos the striking advantage here, and I think he's going to be landing the more damaging strikes, especially the head strikes, and winning the fight in the eyes of the judges. So I do think he probably looks like a minus 200 favorite when the fight is on the feet, but... If he looks to offensively grapple here, I don't think he's going to have a very easy time taking Valiev down. Valiev actually has really good takedown defense. He's good at getting back up off of his back, and he's fought some really good grapplers in the regional scene, and he dealt with them really well. So I don't think that Barcelos is going to have an easy time out grappling Valiev, and he probably doesn't look like a minus 200 favorite in the grappling. If Barcelos wants to justify his price, he's going to have to keep the fight standing for the majority of the time and outstrike Valiev by a wide margin. So. At the current money line price, I'm kind of leaning towards the value being on Valiev, just because I don't think that Barcelos looks minus 200 everywhere the fight goes. I think he needs kind of a specific striking fight for the full 15 minutes to justify that price tag, and the fight could easily get really close if the fight gets in the grappling range. So I'm going to be siding with Hayuni Barcelos to win a decision here, but in terms of money line value, it's dog or pass, and the pick once again, Barcelos by decision. The next fight takes place in the heavyweight division. We have Tanner Bosser as the minus 170 favorite, taking on Ovin St. Pru as the plus 145 underdog. I'd say this line is about right, but I could even agree with Bosser being more of a favorite here, maybe in the minus 200 range, because in the striking, I do think that pretty heavily favors Tanner Bosser here. He is a much more natural heavyweight, much more used to competing at this weight class, and I think he's going to be landing the better kicks and punches when the fight is on the feet. And OSP just doesn't look like the same fighter at heavyweight. In the Ben Rothwell fight, he looked much slower, didn't have the highest output, and barely threw any strikes throughout that entire fight. And sometimes OSP is just a head scratcher, honestly, because he just fought Jamal Hill, who has pretty notorious takedown defense and defensive grappling problems, and he didn't even attempt a single takedown in that entire fight in his way to getting outstruck and knocked out in the second round. So that was just a really bonehead performance from Ovin St. Pru there, and he's probably moving up to heavyweight because... He just doesn't feel like cutting weight anymore. I don't think he's really taking fighting that seriously anymore. And I think that Bosser is going to outstrike him on the feet. And as long as Bosser can avoid getting taken down and stuck on his back like he just did against Ayer Latifi, he should be good to win this fight by outstriking OSB. But considering that Latifi has much more consistent takedowns, he's got the heavier top position. Latifi is much more content to just lay on top of you while OSP uses a lot of energy getting those takedowns. He's very aggressive from top position, always looking to submit you. And in that case, he can lose position a lot easier as well. So I don't trust the wrestling of OSP. I don't think he's going to hit multiple takedowns here. I don't think he's going to submit Bosser. And I think that when the fight is in the feet, Bosser should be the better striker by a pretty good margin and outstrike OSP to either a knockout or a decision. I could see a knockout in the later two rounds for uh, Bosser. I think I'll go with that as my pick. Let's go with Bosser round two knockout as the pick. The next fight is the main event of the card and it takes place in the heavyweight division. We have Cyril Gan as the minus 137 favorite taking on Alexander Volkov as the plus 117 underdog. A lot of money has come in on Alexander Volkov since the weigh-ins happened in the past few hours. 
Where the line is at now with Gon under minus 150, I think the value has shifted back to zero Gon because earlier in the week, I was thinking that the, vol the value was on Volkov at plus 150, but now that Gon is under minus 150, I think the value is back on zero Gon here, and I am slightly favoring zero Gon in this matchup. I'm just going to start by sharing some thoughts I wrote down while rewatching some of Gon's fights this week, and I do think that Gon is going to have a big speeding cardio advantage here. Just the way he throws strikes is very quick and fast. I mean, the guy has good footwork, he's got really good speed, he's a great athlete, and I think we're going to see a big athletic and speed advantage for Cyril Gon in this matchup against Volkov, especially now that Volkov is weighing in at 265. Throughout most of his career, he weighed about 240, 245, but these past few fights, he's bulked up, he's weighing in at 260. 65 pounds and I just think he's not going to be moving as fast he's not going to be throwing strikes as fast and I think that we're going to see Cyril Gaon with the big speed advantage here. Gaon has such a unique fighting style especially for the heavyweight division his game is staying on the outside staying at kicking range and he likes to chew up the legs with those inside and outside leg kicks he likes to target the body with those front kicks those body kicks to take the gas out of you he likes to mix it up with the head kicks and the punches as well but he doesn't really throw that many punches I mean for a heavyweight he throws an abnormally low amount of punches. And another great thing about Gan is that he turns up the volume as the fight goes. He typically throws more and more strikes every single round of the fight, which is crazy. You know, most fighters throw the most strikes in round one and then kind of tail off, get, get tired as the fight goes. But Gan starts slow, he builds on his opponents, and he steadily increases the volume and the output, the pressure on his opponents. And in his first five-round fight against Rosenstrike, he did exactly that. Every single round, he landed more strikes, getting more and more comfortable in there. And he just completely diffused Jair Rosenstrike in that fight. Rosenstrike wasn't able to get any counters going. He really had no success to that entire fight and Gain just picked him apart for 25 minutes. Now getting over to some thoughts on Volkov, as I mentioned he has bulked up, he does weigh 265 now and I think there's a pretty clear power difference between the Volkov at 245 and the Volkov at 265 because since he's bulked up he has finished both of his opponents, Walt Harris with that body kick that took the wind out of him and he finished Overeem with punches in round two. Pretty sad fight with the Overeem fight, I mean he really just butchered Overeem for that entire fight and finished him pretty easily. And with that power advantage for Volkov, I do think he is the harder puncher of the two. And when watching Gaines fights, I noticed that he doesn't really get hit with punches that clean that often. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen the guy really rocked badly or hit with a clean strike. And I think that we could see Volkov connect with a punch that lands harder than Gain has ever been hit in his MMA career. I mean, the guy really does have great defense and is really elusive. But if Volkov is able to get into the boxing range, maybe land his jab, that powerful right hand of his, I think there's a non-zero chance that we could see Cyril Gaon knocked out here because Volkov is very powerful. He's going to have the power advantage here. I think he might be the better boxer of the two. And if Volkov can get into that boxing range and land that power punch of his, there's a good chance that we see Gaon uh, get knocked out here. In terms of grappling in this fight, I think it's pretty rare that we see any grappling from either fighter here, but I guess that Cyril Gaon is the more likely of the two to hit offensive takedowns, but I expect these two to strike with one another. And the last comparison that I'll make between the two is the cardio of the two. And Volkov doesn't necessarily have bad cardio. He did knock out Verdum in the fourth round of their fight. He was losing the first three rounds of the Blades fight before coming on pretty strong in rounds four and five of that fight. 
So I don't think the Volkov has bad cardio at all, but he doesn't have that same proven five rounds of striking output cardio that Sirogan does. I mean, we just saw Sirogan fight another skilled striker in Rosenstrike, and he had the full 25 minutes worth of cardio and output to outstrike Rosenstrike over those 25 minutes. We cannot say the same about Volkov. So I'm not very concerned about Volkov's gas tank, but I do think in rounds four and five, we're going to see that Gan is the fresher fighter and having the better cardio of the two. So getting down to my final prediction here, I think that Volkov has the better chance of finishing this fight by knockout, but I think that Gain has the better chance to win the fight if it goes to the decision. And I am favoring this fight to go to the decision. I think it'll be a competitive striking fight for the first two or three rounds, but I think that Gain's cardio, his footwork, his elusiveness, and that that body work, that leg work, he's going to start limiting the mobility of Volkov, limiting the gas tank of Volkov with those body shots, and I think that's really going to start to pay off in rounds four and five, and Gain is going to run away with the fight in rounds four and five to either a late finish or a decision victory here. I'm going to be predicting a Sirogan decision victory here. Let's go with a 49-46 decision win for Gain, and this should be a pretty fun fight between two good heavyweights. I'm actually looking forward to this heavyweight matchup. So that is going to do it for this Martian MMA podcast. We analyzed and predicted all 13 fights on tomorrow night's UFC card. Thank you all for listening. I only have one track bet on my official Bet MMA Tips page right now, but I will definitely add some more in the next 24 hours, so make sure you check that before the fights start tomorrow night. And hope you all enjoy the card tomorrow night. There is no UFC next week, so I'll see you before the next UFC pay-per-view on July 10th. Peace.